Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Yeah. Now, I, I did not see this, and I think both you and Michael watched I don't want to antagonize people with my own biases. That's what I'm right. always afraid of. Go I did ahead. not see the exit polls. What, did they address the question of people's concerns over bad customer service for shoe companies? <laughs> no, that was not it. Or the fact oh. that L.L. Bean jeans are so large, you double can't pants? stand them. Yeah, you wear them every day. I'm, I'm wearing them till I can put holes in them and get rid of them. I hate them. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. And for the record, I am wearing the pants again today. I hate Every them. single day. I hate them. They're hideous, and I hate them. And, and I now you're trying to, to wash them and return them. Yes, I'm going to wash them, iron them, and return them. If they'll let Where'd me. this crease come from? Uh, well, we ironed them. You know, it's pretty simple. All right, uh, let me just start the show. We have a lot of things to talk about in terms of the sort of logistics of the show today. And I will explain all of it, and we will be, unlike everybody else, we will be completely transparent on this. First of all, let me send my best to Joe Arrow um, and uh, just convey to people out there that Joe Arrow reached out on the Facebook and got a lot of great support from a bunch of littles, and and he's very happy about that, so we are happy for Joe. He's also losing weight and proud of that and sent me a picture of his new weight, which is 222.2 pounds, which is a lovely picture. I don't know how much weight he... He put down on the scale in order to get to that terrific number. But we give Joe Arrow our best. Um, Also, so the thing with Chuck Todd today is Chuck Todd has this real job, and it's not betting against the spread. Um, It's a real job. He was four and three last week. And he's got to maybe be on the Today Show, or maybe if they call Pennsylvania, he's got to be on. So we're working around Chuck's schedule. We like to put Chuck on at 8.30 Eastern time. That works for him. We actually do the mailbag before Chuck Todd and try to work it out so Chuck gets on then. We hope that that will be available to us. If not, we have, Nigel, we have Chuck's picks on the games, right? We yes, have Chuck's that's picks. That's right. Yes, we just wouldn't have pick. Chuck. Yeah, he's got yeah. one bonus pick for us. Okay, that's great. Oh, he picks the Houston Open. So that's so that's also what we've got. And now and 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 now and I may have mentioned this on the air about a couple of weeks ago I got a very nice text from celebrity intern Luke Russert who said he was available and was indeed in town and Luke joins us now before all the other things I had ready to talk about. I want to talk to Luke. Where are you and what are you doing? Well, what an honor, Tony. Thank you so much. It's a thrill to be back. Uh, you know, right now I'm in an undisclosed location in War Two, Washington, D.C., uh, just uh, hoping and praying for the Democratic Republic, for uh, may she stand another year. Right, right. Are you, you know, uh, this no, is, go ahead. Go, no, but since I last, uh, was last on the program, I, I moved yep. out west to San Francisco to uh, write a travel memoir, and, uh, I'm kind of like uh, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. I'm over 300,000 words. It's way too long. It needs an edit. It needs a cut. Uh, But I will tell you this, Tony, one thing I learned, it's a hell of a lot easier to bloviate on TV or a podcast than it is to write a book. So you made a very good call about 20 years ago when you put down the pen and you pick up the microphone. Talking is so much easier than writing. Writing is hard. Everybody, nobody misses writing. They miss being done with writing. They miss the finished product. Nobody really understands how hard it is to get to the finished product. You are now, you are now 34 years old, right? 34 or 35? 30, 35, 35. 35. Old, and you're writing a memoir? I mean, Luke, you're writing a memoir a at 35? Memoir. A travel <laughs> memoir about the over uh, you know, 70 countries I've visited over the last four years. So I'm an wow. old soul when it comes to travel, Tony. Dad doesn't subscribe to the Instagram. No, I don't know the Instagram or the Facebook. I don't know. The, how many countries? That's a lot of countries. How many different passports did you have to get because you ran out of places to stamp your passport well, you if they still one, do that? You get, one, you get the, the, you know, they give you the option to have the uh, large passports. You get the extra pages in there. Uh, but some countries are very strict that you have to have a completely blank page for them to put their visa I'm looking at you, Tanzania. That almost uh, lost me my passport because I didn't have enough space on there. Uh, right. I did okay. With, with, the, with the larger one, I was okay. But you, know, you have to get the visas. Some are very easy. Some are very hard. Uh, but it became like a sort of game for me on how to, how to get them. But most of it was pretty easy. I mean, a lot of countries, 
want that Yankee dollar. They want you to come in there and, uh, you know, juice the economy, which I was always happy to do. What would you say? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have to write about this, like your top two or three countries where you just said, wow, I didn't expect this. This is so much better than I thought. And what were your bottom two or three where you go, oh, I didn't expect this. This is worse than I thought. Uh, the places that I really enjoyed, uh, Easter Island, which is you know five and a half hour flight off the coast of Chile, smack dab right. in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. That was crazy with all the, the crazy heads they have there. Uh, the Stonehead. So I really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed Nicaragua, uh, Vietnam, Rwanda. Some of these countries that had a very complicated history that have progressed much more uh, towards an inclusive and, and, and more, um, shall we say, gentler society these days. Right. The country that right. sort of I wasn't really feeling, um, uh, I'm sorry to say this, but I know we have some fans there, did not like Sydney, Australia, much bigger right. fan of Melbourne. Um, and I guess another one, uh, Qatar. I didn't like Qatar. That kind of uh, freaked me out there a little bit. I wasn't a fan of uh, Doha. I think the, uh, I'm going to say this right now, the World Cup in Qatar is going to be a disaster. It is going well, to gonna, be a disaster. Right. It's going to be 400 degrees, right? Every day? 400 it's, degrees and, you know, the bars, if they allow them, are going to be in parking lots about three miles away from the stadium. It's just not a place that's conducive to the World Cup atmosphere. You know, I went to the World Cup in Russia and I have to say, uh, Mr. Putin put on a hell of a show in Russia for the World Cup. So, you know, kudos to, kudos to how they pulled it off. So it's not that the uh, authoritative autocratic regimes can't throw a good sporting event. They certainly can. I just don't think Qatar is going to be able to pull it off. But maybe we'll be proven wrong. We'll see. So how long were you essentially traveling around? What was the extent of it? A oh, year, year and a half? I started in 2016, and then I would go sort of off and on through about the last big trip I did was the end of 2019, which was in the Middle East, uh, which was a wild trip. It was in the UAE. I was in Oman, Qatar. Uh, then went to Georgia, the country, not the state. Armenia, uh, Israel, Turkey, Jordan. Uh, that was a that was a lot of fun. That was a good trip. That was the last one. But yeah, so I go off and on. I was on the road there for about you know three years, and I'd come in and and get a few paid appearances with you to to buy me an airport coffee. So it was great. Was was there? I, I don't know that you do this. Um, I am crazy about amulets and talismans and collecting things. Was there a single thing in every country where you said, this is the collection I want? I want this one thing from every place. Or did you say, that is so neurotic, I'm not doing that at all? Um, Tony, I had a friend say to me that Luke Russert does not need a security system at his house because you're more likely to walk in the front door, trip on a trinket from a foreign country and break your neck. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay good let's That's just good. say the suitcase had space for many magical treasures that were found all over the place and different good. countries uh, obviously had different things but you 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 best believe that i brought something home from every single place whether it was something like a a, a stuffed piranha from the amazon in brazil right. uh, or yeah things like that we, we we got creative so i've got in my house in my attic I've got a map of the United States with pins in every city where I have stayed overnight or my family members have stayed overnight, immediate family, Michael and Elizabeth, of course. Do you have a world map with pins? No, what I do is I get a patch, uh, the flag, a patch of the flag of every country I visit. And I'm very neurotic that the patch has to be purchased in the said country. It cannot be right. Uh, right. You know, an Amazon purchase. And right. some countries... It's very easy to find the patch. They're for sale in every corner. Other countries, I'm looking at you, Armenia, very difficult. <laughs> I literally had to go into like a back room and cutting deals with this guy because it was a military uh, uniform patch. So it wasn't exactly legal for him to sell it. But I said, hey, man, come on, give me the patch. I want the Armenian patch. So I got it. So I've been able to get a patch in most every single one of the okay. countries that I visited. Uh, and it's been good. And will you put that in some sort of a collage, you know, and frame it and put it on a wall? Will you do that so Absolutely. others can see? Good for Absolutely. you. Michael's a, smiling because he knows I would do that. I collect golf pencils and I collect pins from places. Um, so the, the, the critical thing, people that know you well, did you miss the Bills? The Buffalo Bills, were you out of town for their seasons? Well, how did you, how well, did you relate wrote, to that? 
I wrote uh, in the book about how one of the things that I would do that I actually didn't realize it in real time was that I would try and in various moments sort of acquiesce to those American creature comforts. And one of those was trying to find sports bars to watch NFL football. Uh, and I was able to do that surprisingly in a lot of countries. But the highlight of that was in the middle of Amman, Jordan, I found this place that served chicken wings and beer and had the Bills <laughs> Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys on. So I wow. actually spent Thanksgiving last year watching the Bills at this it's fun bar in Amman. And Amman's a great town. I love Jordan. I love the Jordanians. It's lovely people. But I sort of sat there. I go, hey, this is this is pretty legit. I'm you know, not that far from South Buffalo in the middle of Amman, Jordan. Uh, the world is quite small. Oh, I really want you, when you do the book, at the end of the book, I want there to be an appendix where you rank the countries in order. Because I want to see what's oh, like 73rd or 75th that, or that something. That is happening. That is Good. happening for sure. That will, Good. I, I will definitely do that. And there's a lot of lists. You know, the, the thing, Uncle Tony, is that millennials like lists. They like oh. lists about, you know, what was good, what was bad, what, you know, was expensive, what was cheap. So we're going to do a lot of listing for, uh, for the millennials, but also for you boomers as well. That's good. So I would be crazy if I didn't say this because of, you know, your DNA and what you did for a living when you worked for a living, which was to cover politics, to cover news for NBC. There was an election. I know you're aware of that. Did you miss the... You know, did you miss the work? Was there a part of you that said, wow, I remember election nights. There's a lot of, I mean, I will tell you this as a newspaper writer, there was never anything better than being in the newsroom. Even if you were a sports writer and you had nothing to do with it, being in the newsroom on election night, the energy was the highest it ever was on any other day of the year. And I wondered if that got to you and you missed it a little bit. Um, I think you do miss being part of the action. What I mean by that is you sort of, you see all your, your friends and your, your colleagues preparing and they're sort of, you know, they're going out to play the Super Bowl and, and you're sort of sitting there as the old timer. However, that feeling for me always wears off about a uh, half hour into the coverage when I see just how crazy the night's going and I got my feet up next to a fire with the country club poor and I go, <laughs> hey, you know, this is a sort of better way to do it at, at the moment. And I'm grateful because I had that experience a few times, and I, I covered uh, three of them, so that was fun. Um, all that being said, though, I think the story right now is the fragility of the peaceful transfer of power and how our current president is uh, willfully spreading some mistruths about uh, alleged voter fraud, which has not occurred, and that, that the, the power of the people – our democratic ideals are very much under assault. And that's a story that uh, I would have liked to have been a part of, and, and I still contribute in my own way on, on Twitter uh, as a retiree, as someone who's a concerned American citizen uh, about the future of the republic. And you still like Michael, even though you both didn't go to high school together, right? That always makes I love me happy. Michael. I mean, Michael my, my is sixth a wonderful grade tour guide. father. He has a wonderful father. He, he's a wonderful <laughs> father. He has a wonderful father. He himself is a wonderful father. But remember, yep. we have a saying to you, Tony. I mean, your boy did so well. He got into a, a golf retirement community down south for you. I mean, come <laughs> on. He, he got a, I swear to God, if he doesn't get more of an inheritance over his sister for that, you're doing it wrong. That was the, Give him the needle. Give him the needle right there. It's great. Thank you, Luke. We'll talk to you soon, I hope. Good luck with the writing. Take care. Uh, you will get the first copy of the book when it comes out. Editing Tremendous. brutal. Tremendous. That's great. Luke Russert, boys and girls. That makes me so happy. It just, if you could see the smile on my face. We will come back. Um, we, so in the show, we will have Chuck Todd, right, in the show. But that's not what we're going to be doing next. But we'll, we'll promote it by saying Chuck Todd is next with his picks. Am I right on that, Nigel? Yeah, show sure. order? Okay. Yeah, that's even, right. Even, even though we're varying on that. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hello? This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Well, that was a little bit late. We waited a few. Sean please, was. Please keep that in. Sean, what happened there? <laughs> this was... is the Simply Safe ad. Every 26 seconds, there's a break in in this country. But with Simply Safe Home Security, you can protect your whole home around the clock. It's serious, lasting protection, and all it takes is a simple 30 minute setup. You'll even get a free security camera when you protect your home today. More on that in a second. You did this, or you set it up. I have. 
We got to get back to that studio at some point. Simply Safe is an award-winning arsenal of sensors and security cameras that blankets every inch of your home. You'll know your home and family are always safe. I was walking in the neighborhood the other day and saw some Simply Safe signs. My neighborhood as well. And yeah, the, and the, the signs recently stick out. Yeah, recently I saw them. Make so feel good. so the public is doing that. You set up Simply Safe yourself in a few minutes without any tools or wiring. No technician or salesperson has to step foot in your home. Then Simply Safe will monitor your home around the clock with security professionals. Who are there in case of an emergency to immediately send help to your home. Plus, there's no contract, no hidden fees, no installation costs, because you do it yourself. It's why U.S. News and World Report named Simply Safe the best overall security of 2020. That's a big deal. Right now, visit Simply Safe, S I M P L I, by the way, S I M P L I. Visit slash Tony. Get a free security camera, plus a 60 day risk free trial with any new system order. There's nothing to lose. Go today to slash Tony. Simplysafe.com slash Tony and use the code. I mean, do the Tony thing. I mean, that will help you get the camera. Good. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Holy Father. That's the name of the tune. Holy Father from Emily Rose, who said, I was introduced to you by Gabrielle Renault, the show's official Iraq correspondent. While I'm not your typical listener, a female Zoomer from the Midwestern city of Toronto. I can maybe help you tap into that demographic with my music. My single is called Holy Father, available on Spotify. I'd be eternally grateful for you to feature it on your podcast. Turn it up, because she can sing. And I cut my hair so I can't hide. I it's awfully good. Awfully good. Thank you to Emily Rose. We'll play more of her stuff down the road, I'm sure. Chuck Todd joins us now, as I've explained at the beginning of the show. We're pasting the show together here, there, and everywhere. It's, it's a big day because not only is the presidency still up for grabs, but the, ho- the Toy Hall of Fame, uh, Chuck told me. Chuck, who, who got into the Toy Hall of Fame? All right. Jenga. Jenga, uh, yeah. Got in. Um, the first uh, doll uh, that was uh, a doll of color, uh, an African-American, you know, marketed to African-American kids that had, um, so that they, they put that in the Hall of Fame. And then right. here's the nominee that, as I told Nigel, this should this should uh, this should cue the rant, which is chalk. Yeah, chalk is it's, it's, chalk, chalk is ridiculous. It's not a it's not yeah. a toy, because here's because the next time, yeah, yeah. The, the the next time there's a dead body and they outline it in chalk, <laughs> find out how many people are saying, "Could you bring that toy over here?" <laughs> it's not a toy. Yeah, I I, I, you not know, a toy. I predicted this. I told Nigel, I said, "Cue the rant." Yes. Yeah, he is right. not going to like that. Here's what didn't get in. Sorry, didn't get in. Yeah. And Sorry's Yahtzee. a great game. Sorry and Yahtzee were both nominated. How is Yahtzee not in? And Riz, so Yahtzee Riz should not be in. in? Yeah. Yahtzee's like the Eddie Matthews. Like, you know, come on. Whatever. Chuck <laughs> is stupid. That's stupid. By the way, Chuck Todd is the subject of text between me and Mike Breen uh, now. And Breen got so excited when Chuck, on the oh. first night of this <laughs> never-ending election, talked about Pat Riley when he was talking about Florida, how you can't win the same way twice in Florida, and Pat Riley would say, the playoffs don't begin until the road team wins, so that got Breen very excited. Then he was happy that you talked about point spreads in Nevada, and that you used the word hinky the other day. He's, Breen is all over this. He loves oh. this, just so you should know. You should know that. Well, that's, that, that's nice to hear. Now, I'll always love that Pat Riley, you know, and, and basically until, until uh, Joe Biden was able to get uh, a Michigan or Wisconsin. He finally won a That's road right. game. Yeah. That's right. There you go. All right. We, I know you do back on the air. We're going to do this fast. Seattle minus three at Buffalo. Who you got? It's cross country going to Buffalo. Um, I'll take Buffalo and those points at home, although unseasonably warm. You, yeah, I'm sure if you're yes. a Buffalo fan, you wish it were a little bit colder and windier. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, one o'clock game. Uh, that's It's not prime time. Maybe Russ won't be Russ. So give me the bills. Okay, you're not you're not worried about the fact that Buffalo did not look good against New England. They did not. I'm a thousand percent worried. I'm. This is solely mm-hmm. a handicap that says I believe Seattle's making their third trip west already. Uh, third trip east. East. And it's yeah. a, it's a and it's that early game, right? So it's the 10 a.m. and no, no, no. So that it's oh. more about that. I'm not. You're not. And Buffalo's getting three points. And you, you and I both know Seattle will win by a point at the last minute because somehow Buffalo will blow it. But that yep. doesn't mean they won't cover. Yeah. Chicago, Wilbon Chicago Bears, who stink, uh, getting six at Tennessee, which has lost two in a row, Tennessee. You know, uh, and it's only because of that. I, I don't like this game. 
Uh, I don't trust this game, uh, and I'm not going to uh, – I wouldn't put real money on it, but – I think Tennessee has a we've been playing badly and they need to, you know, flex their muscles. So I'm I'm more betting on them doing a what do you like to call it? A gotsta, right? Yeah. You know? Gotsta um, gotsta win. Yep. Yeah. I think they gotta win. So okay. give me give me Tennessee. Baltimore, which did lose uh to Pittsburgh at home, if home thing if home means anything this year. Baltimore is a road favorite at Indianapolis, a team totally under the radar with a good defense. Baltimore minus two at Indy. You think Phil Rivers is winning a big game? I mean, that's that's the problem I have here. I'm not, you know, I I, I think Baltimore is not a juggernaut, but uh, I'm I'm that's a small that's a small spread, and Baltimore feels like it's. I, I I'm, give me the Ravens because I just I don't bet on Phil Rivers anymore. No, I you hate Philip Rivers. Him. We understand. No, that. I don't like hate that. him. He just never he would be, he's Mister you know Mister Third Quarter, um, but you know when the fourth comes, he disappears. Las Vegas on the road getting one. I'm a little surprised at this. Las Vegas getting one at the L.A. Chargers. And if you think Atlanta loses heartbreaking games, the L.A. Chargers lose heartbreaking games. they got a good rookie quarterback, but he doesn't win. They lose these games. Vegas plus one. It's, it's an Anthony Lynn thing, I think. I, yes. I, read, I think he's something like 3-14 and 14 against the spread or something They're like going- that. They're going... He will not be the coach next year if this continues. He will not be. Yeah, and this is this is a good. You know, I enjoy watching these Charger games. They're always they're they're an interesting team. They're fun. Herbert's a fun quarterback, but I I you know I can't trust them. It is hard to trust them. They figure out how to lose. Um, whatever field goal kicker they have will hook a field goal somehow yeah. at the end, right? And they don't do yeah. it. So, um, you know, um, give me give me give me Vegas. All right. Miami coming off a big win, which Tua had nothing to do with. Miami coming off a big win at Arizona. Miami getting four and a half. Arizona sneaky successful so far this year. Uh, not only that, what was it? I read something about Miami. It is the weirdest, statistically, the, one of the greatest anomalies of all time, their win. It like made statistics. If you looked yes. at the stats, you would have thought they would have lost. It had the highest yard differential of the season. The Rams had like 300 more yards than Miami and lost. Yes. Here was the stat I saw. I pulled it up here. No team has won by double digits, gaining so few yards since 2006, right? Two and 12 for 22 for 93. Yeah, Yeah, nothing. And this is also to his first road start, right? All of the handicap rules would say, you never bet on a on a rookie quarterback in their first road start, Cardinals. Okay, you're going to take Arizona. New Orleans this yes, is a big sir. game. New Orleans and Miami. New Orleans and Tampa Bay opened the season. Um, they opened at New Orleans, and New Orleans spanked Tampa Bay. Since then, Tom Brady has been much much better. New Orleans is getting four at Tampa Bay. Um, Drew Brees uh, reported with some shoulder problems. Who you got? I don't love the four. Obviously, I wish it were three. I'd be yep. I'd be more comfortable going with Tampa with three. Tampa. But it, it is interesting how um, now it's New Orleans that looks like they're sluggish. Looks like you know they have the aging quarterback. Looks like they have too many injuries. Tampa suddenly looks like or Tampa, right? What do you guys call it? Tampa. Tampa. Um, Tampa. Tampa. Uh, they suddenly seem healthy. Brady looks like he's finally in sync. The receivers seem happy. They got a running game. You know, look, uh, I think you got to assume these guys split, so give me the bucks. I'll just say this one thing, and I really like Tom Brady. I've always liked Tom Brady. His accomplishments are enormous. That TB12 hat stinks. Yeah, I love his hair. What about the hair? The hair is amazing. I I don't know if you can get that in nature, but it's awesome. Just tremendous. Everything about Tom Brady except the hat. The TB12 is junk. That's, as Wilbon would say, junk. One more game. The Washington football team at home. With a defense the Washington Post is raving about today, playing the New York football giants who stink, and they are getting two and a half. Who you got? I, I will defend the Giants, and it's only because I've been in, in New York, because, you know, when you compare the Giants and the Jets, at least the Giants look competitive. Oh, much better. Yeah, uh, much better. Uh, but I'm just going with the simple, the simple handicap on this one. They played Monday, short week. Uh, the football team, a little more rest there, uh, you know, and. And the Giants look like they threw everything they had at Tampa. 
right? They they should have won. They yes. could have. They had plenty of chances yes. to win that yes. game. They should have yes. won that game. There was no doubt that Brady was having Super Bowl flashbacks every time he faces the Giants. He seems to yep. uh, the not, nemesis not do as well. Yep. It is. It is. So uh, uh, I think there's a letdown too. So give me the football team, which is, I think uh, the first time I've bet on the football team all year. I, I will. Know. I, I will mean, let you I, go. I, Reginald. I, Reginald will know. Yes, I will let you go to go back to do important work. Uh, just tell us, do you think that this will be not official, but will be essentially called by, say, 6 o'clock tonight? Yeah. Well, and remember, we're not an official entity, you know, and we right. call it for, for what it's worth. Right. I do respect that. Uh, there's every chance that when this podcast drops, when people yeah. download it. I, I, you know, I hate, to, I hate to do that to you, you know. You know it's okay. I, you know, but I'm just Nobody's listening you, to us for that. They're not, you yeah, know, nobody's no, I, coming I think, here. You know, I've been telling people lunchtime, um, you know, but then again, my son's been texting me four straight days asking me when this is going to end. So, uh, and I keep telling him, oh, just another six hours, just another six hours. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Um, but I think by, before the sun sets, for sure. Okie dokie. Thank you, Chuck. And you've been doing great work and I've been watching and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for the time. Chuck Todd, boys and girls, who, by the way, was 4-3 and three last week and is now 27-28, and 28, right close to Mount 500. If we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would certainly be enough. But we give you more. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the bikes by two. Sometimes he throws his poo, poo. And he's had too much Johnny Walker. <laughs> that's nice. But if Sean could play the jingle where Michael and I sing along, that's even nicer. Can you do that, Sean? Nigel's going to the zoo. Reginald's got the lights. Sometimes he throws blue. That's how foolish we were for many, many weeks. Why didn't anyone many tell weeks, us? Someone should have told us. Well, it's terrible. Mom listens. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Where did where did you find Reginald this week? Well, I went down to the National Zoo, uh, and it was a huge celebration down. Uh, it is flat. Some people call it a cage. I call it a flat. Uh, he was celebrating his big win on Tuesday. I did not know this. Legally, he's a resident of Mankato, Minnesota, and he won the congressional seat for that district with Tremendous. Bud Grant as his campaign manager. So uh, can't do any better big, than that. Yeah, part of that big monkey wave that everyone was talking about that hit the yes, country the on big Tuesday. Wave, yeah. uh, so he took a time off uh, from the celebration to go over some of these games. The first game we gave him was Seattle giving three on the road at Buffalo, um, and he showed me a picture of the cover of of CQ, which is Chimps Quarterly. <laughs> and he was on the cover of that atop the Space Needle. Uh, it was just a big pose up there, like, you know, sort of a big monkey on a tower. Uh, so yeah. clearly he's got ties to the Seattle area, and he will take the Seahawks on the road and lay the three points. Uh, the second match we gave him was Indy at home getting two versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and he showed me a nice little film clip of him on stage doing a production of Waiting for Godot with Marvin Harrison, directed by Tony Dungy. So clearly he's got ties to the Indy area and he will take the Colts in that particular match. And, and he doesn't the, hate Philip Rivers the way Chuck Todd does. Clearly. Does not appear well, sure. to. Does Shall not we go? appear to. <clears throat> uh, and the final uh, game we gave him was... Uh, the uh, Washington football team um, hosting the New York football giants. And this was disturbing and very interesting. Mr. Tony showed me a photograph of, Re of Reginald having dinner at the Sparks Steakhouse. Are you familiar oh, with that boy. in New York? Oh boy. Yes, yes, I am. That's where mobsters go to die. Yes. I well, am. he was with Polly Castellano and Joey, no. the ear Massino. I yeah. think they were discussing some state construction projects. I'm not sure, but Clearly, he has ties to the New York area, and he will take the New York football giants with the two and a half. So Reginald had another one and two week, and he's 10 and 14, so he needs a bounce back. Needs he a needs a bounce week. back. Big yeah, week for the monkey. Right. Thank you to him. We will take a break. When we come back, Jeff Ma will join us with his selections. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the policy genius ad, which they say, please do not read verbatim, except at the end where you have to read verbatim. Shopping for life insurance can seem like a daunting task, but if you've got loved ones that depend on you, it's really important. And that's why policy genius makes it easy. They combine a cutting edge insurance marketplace with help from licensed experts to save you time and money. 
I'm just going to go to what they want you to do because there's no reason to be afraid of this. It's actually well-written copy. Head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Policy Genius will compare policies starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to skip the in-person medical exam. They will do the paperwork. They will do the red tape. They will take care of everything. It's that kind of service that has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. So if you need life insurance, head to policygenius.com right now to get started. You could save 50% or more by comparing the quotes. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Eric Stur in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Lawrenceville is the home of a prep school, right? Where Bob Ryan went. Just wanted to chime in and say the connective tissue of Hoagie Haven seems to run as deep as the connective tissue of the show. As a Lawrenceville resident, I'm always looking for excuses to go eat there and any of the other great food Nassau Street provides. A few years ago, when my wife and I were on honeymoon in Mexico, one of the first people we saw at our resort was someone wearing a Hoagie Haven shirt. Attached is a song from my band, Whatever Penny, called Yesterday's Parties. You've played other music from us before, and it's always nice to get listeners. Is Hoagie Haven that big a deal? Yeah, it's a thing. There's a great there's a great Chinese restaurant down the street as well, and our freshman year, our Penn golf team, we were so nice to them and ordered so much, we got our photo on the wall. Really? In Princeton. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, if people like Eric Stur and his band, whatever Penny want to send in their, their music, how do they do it, Michael? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles and to, at tonycornizershow.com, and I'm still so embarrassed I missed that sandwich. My, my memories are just having a van full of JV squash and golfers clamoring as you're about to hit two and a half hour traffic let's stop at hoagie haven let's stop at hoagie haven well i didn't i didn't know that jeff ma joins us now is there some place like that where you went to school is there some place that like is a local hangout that all the kids from harvard and mit go to well you, you mentioned lawrenceville right I, I went to exeter which is up in new hampshire lawrenceville was actually one of our rivals, because I grew up playing water polo in high school, and Lawrenceville was one of the rival water polo prep schools. So uh, I'm very familiar. Yeah, I mean, there was there were places locally in Exeter that we used to hang out at. Um, but you know, when you when you go away to school when you're 13 years old, you, you look for places to hang out with with your kids, with your friends. Let's go backwards a second. Don't bury the lead. You played water polo in high school. How many high schools have water polo teams? A bunch of the New England prep schools do. Um, like Greenwich High School has a really good water polo team. There's not that many, obviously, in New England. Um, water polo is much more of a California sport. But right. Yeah, like the New England prep schools like Exeter and Andover, um, those types of schools, Deerfield back in the day, they all, they all have uh, water polo teams. So Tori Clark once told me that Dr. Oz went to school with her husband, Brian, and Dr. Oz was a water polo guy as well. Did you know that? Or do you know the famous water not. polo people? Okay. I, I do know the famous water polo people. You know, actually near you guys in Annapolis, there's a quite a big high school water polo program. So, um, it, you know, based out of the Naval Academy. I had no idea. I had no idea. That's cool. Did you play in college, too, or did you give it up? I did. I played at MIT, and I actually coached water polo for seven years at MIT. When I was there, I coached uh, the one of the only national championship teams that national championship teams that MIT's ever had. It's tremendous. Do you have a ring? Did you get a ring? They don't give rings for Division three water polo, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should. They should. Okay. This, this, is just an, this is just another reason why I never need to park your car, Tony. <laughs> yes, you do not ever have to park my car. That's an old story. Uh, Jeff, of course, with Rufus Peabody does bet the process, and he's got games to give us. Rough, uh, Sort of rough week, two and three. But before that, I was not aware that there was an election betting market, that there were, I'm going to guess then, spreads – in state by state, is that how it worked? Explain this to me. Yeah, I mean, there were a bunch of different places that you could bet the election. Uh, the The bulk of it is outside of the U.S. because in the U.S., it's not really legal. But you had in in Europe at a, a thing called Betfair, which is a betting exchange. 
you had hundreds of millions of pounds being exchanged, betting on things like who would win what Senate race, who would win the election, who would win each state. And for me personally, it was something that I followed very closely, uh, especially the night of the election, because it tended to react to the news, the latest news, much quicker than you know CNN or any of these these local or any of these news stations would, and it processed the information not always correctly, but at least processed it in a way um, that was off, uh, was very quick. Um, so. You know, just if you think about what happened in that in that hour, um, I think around probably five thirty, six o'clock my time. So about what seven, uh, seven you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock your time. The odds flipped from Biden being about a sixty-five percent chance to win to Trump being about a sixty-five percent chance to win, and you know, you, you kind of were able to capture what the popular opinion was um and and somewhat the overreaction now was interesting because it took a while for the markets to really react to what was sort of happening because because no one really knew how to understand what the voting looked like and, and basically how these votes would be tabulated as they came in came in the you know the different composition of the of the urban versus rural and the mail-ins um but what was really interesting is when i went to bed on um tuesday night it had uh, Trump still as about a 70% chance to win. And then I, I went to bed at about midnight. And when I woke up at about 5 a.m. on Wednesday, it had flipped where now Biden was about a 75% chance to win. And it, it, it was it called Pennsylvania and Georgia uh, very, very early, meaning like the, the, those states looked very, very much like states the Democrats going to win based on the betting markets. So, but if you if you're holding your paramutual ticket, you're still waiting on four or five states, right? I mean, because you yeah. how, you have to wait for it to yeah. be certified, I imagine, right? Yeah, they haven't credited a lot of these states that are that are in question. They they have credited states like Texas and things like that, but generally, yeah, yeah a lot of these you're still waiting. That's fascinating, but it's not not legal here. Why wouldn't it be legal here? You can bet on anything here. What what is the no, rationale for that? They're just. They just haven't they haven't okayed it yet to bet on uh, election markets. No one I think there's whatever reason, you know, that it's one of the things that they just haven't allowed yet. They they did, I think, in New Jersey allow people to bet on like the award shows. So in the next election maybe you could see this happening, but this this year they weren't quite ready for it. So in other words, could you could you take a flyer on whether or not PTI would win another Emmy? Could you bet on that? Uh, I think you probably could bet on it. I Fantastic. Think this year they just did it for the Oscars, but I don't think they've done it for the Emmys yet, but at some point they might. So tremendous. All right, what football do you have for us? You were 2-3. and three. You're 17-20-2, and two, if I'm correct, and I'm rooting for you like crazy. What do you got? Thanks, thanks Tony. We're, we'll go quickly since we spent time on the election. We have Seattle minus the three against Buffalo. Buffalo um, last week probably should have lost to this New England team that isn't very good. Yes. I think Buffalo, we've been saying it since the beginning of the year. They're, they're one of those teams that we came in this year thinking probably they're a lot better than they are. Um, I think Seattle is, is the real deal. Um, obviously, San Francisco has a lot of problems, and that could be why Seattle looked so great defensively last few weeks. Uh, but I like Seattle minus a three here. Yeah, Cam Newton was going in. That game was lost, and he fumbled. Yeah, what else? Uh, I like Tennessee minus the six and a half. Um, against Chicago. Uh, Chicago is just kind of a mess offensively and, and kind of a mess as a team. You got Nagy and Foles kind of yelling at each other. And yeah. Nagy coming. I mean, Foles coming and then Nagy has no idea how these plays are, whether these plays can work. Um, and Tennessee obviously uh, needs a bounce back here. Um, I, I like them minus a six and a half. That's good because Wilbon will hate that bet. It makes me so happy. What else? I like Houston minus the seven against Jacksonville. Um, we've talked about Jacksonville. We, we, we were on them a couple of weeks ago against the Chargers, but generally we've been talking about how they are what we thought they are, were. They, they're not a very good team defensively, actually kind of a historically bad team defensively. And with a backup quarterback in there, that, that sort of, you know, I, I don't, I, I think Jacksonville may be a team that may be looking to lose down the road. Okay. 
And then I like Arizona minus the four and a half against Miami. Um, this is a line that will probably continue to go up. Uh, Miami, obviously, with a very impressive win. They have this whole story behind them. But the, if you look at the stats from last week against the Rams, the Rams completely dominated that game. And it, oh. was, it was the the you know the punt return, the, the turnovers. Tua did nothing. Um, so I think Arizona off a of bye. Uh, this line is too short. It was the largest differential in yards gained in the entire season, the largest, and the Rams lost that game. You cannot, it's an impossible circumstance. And two of that did, you're right. I mean, I think in this game, I, I like this bet a lot. I like Arizona a lot in this one. What else? Is that it? Four or five? And then one more game New Orleans plus the five and a half. Um, I, I really? This line is off. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans is by many measures still, like, even though they have not looked elite offensively and the story is that, that Breeze can't get the ball down the field, et cetera, yes. but um, they are, you know, arguably, you know, even even at least with this Tampa team in terms of, you know, on the field. And so, you know, if you take the home field two and a half, this is just too many points. Um, and if they get Michael Thomas back here, Obviously, that will help them. So I like the the five and a half. This was actually even higher, and I think this will actually start to come down. So a game that you want to bet right now if you're going to try to bet it. Small pushback on this. Uh, Breeze has a shoulder problem, apparently. He was limited in practice. It's late in the week. Does that concern you? I mean, not not really. I mean, I think that, you know, he's he's breeze. I mean, he's going to find a yeah. way to do this. And, and if, if they really have to go with a backup, I think they're, they're okay. I mean, they have the, probably the best backup in the league and they'll be able to run some stuff with Jason Hill, which I know drives all the broadcasters crazy, but it's, 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 it is a reasonable device they have to get short yardage. And Jason Hill is, it, Jason Hill is a guy and not to get too social on this, but social commentary on this, but to me, he's a guy, if he were black, people would talk about how amazing a weapon he was and how athletic he is. But since he's sort of this white quarterback, no one really knows what to do with him. But the guy is incredibly athletic and incredibly well-suited to sort of these these multi-purpose roles. This is a conversation that Wilbon and I have all the time, and it does, in fact, center on race and who is given credit or not given credit for certain things. I will say this about Taysom Hill, that every time he lines up, he, he's going to run off tackle or run off guard, and it is never stopped. It's never stopped. And it's not like he's going to drop back and throw it 50 yards in the air. It's not what they do. It's amazing to me. I, th- I agree with you. He does, not, he does not get nearly enough credit for being the sort of Swiss Army knife that he is, don't you think? Yeah, I don't. I mean, last, last week he even had some great catches you know, that were part of yeah. their success. And so... I think that we'll look for more opportunities to work him in rather than fewer. So I think, I think you know, again, if if Breeze is out, Peyton will come up with something that I think will be enough for them to keep this game close. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. I'm so happy to learn about the water polo. That makes me very happy. So. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. Jeff Bye. Ma, boys and girls. Uh, apropos of what, and his, it's Bet the Process. As you know, that is his podcast with Rufus Peabody. Um, apropos of what Jeff was saying about the betting on the election. Chris Saliza, like when we were talking on Wednesday and Chris said, I'd like to be sitting in Biden's shoes now more than Trump's. And I said, really? <laughs> because at that point, I just thought that, that Donald Trump was, was going to win. I thought in the states that hadn't been fully counted, he was still going to win. And Chris was right. We should give credit to Chris on that. Right, he had that completely wired. Right, but you you had not been reading and you had not been looking down into what votes had not been counted and what counties we were still waiting on. No, I know, I know. But, but this I, is Chris's job. We forget he doesn't just sit here and make you know jokes all day. I know, but I I mean I wanted to give him a little bit of credit. Can I mention one other thing because I think I have some time. I received in the mail yesterday from the publisher of this book a book called Gods at Play. Um, it is by Tom Callahan, one of the great sports writers I have ever been around. Um, many, many years in Cincinnati and Baltimore and ultimately down the road at the Washington Post writing once a week. And a great joy for me to read Tom Callahan and know him a little bit. Not a lot. He's really pals with Kindred. Um, but I read the first 30 pages of this book and I think it's great. Uh, I, I just think it's great. I wrote Remnick a note yesterday saying, if I remembered one hundredth 
of the things that Tom Callahan remembers, I could actually write a book because Callahan remembers his whole life. What I wanted to get to is on the back of this book, this is a paperback book. On the back where they list the blurbs, they have praise for Tom Callahan. Uh, Janet Maslin of the New York Times says, Tom Callahan combines lively, swaggering sports reporting with machismo to burn. Rick Riley, formerly of Sports Illustrated and ESPN, says, under Tom Callahan's spell, words soar, spin, and do the samba on the head of a matchstick. There's nobody better. Roger Rosenblatt, who I think was a Time magazine. I think, I'm not sure. Tom Callahan is the most complete sports writer in America. He knows the most and writes the best. And then there is another quote, and this quote is really good. It says, Tom Callahan writing about anything is like Julia Child saying, if you don't have any plans, stick around, I'll make you dinner. And I just thought, that's tremendous. And it's given credit to Tony Kornheiser. I don't ever remember saying this. I am so grateful that somebody put those words in my mouth because that's a great quote. Julia Child, if you're old enough to know, stick around, I'll make you dinner. Um, I, it's just, I don't ever recall saying it. I hope I said it. It but sounds like something you would say. It's really Now, good. I thought you were going to the back of the book to read the blurbs to try and rank them and to see... Oh, where, that one's the best. Where the editors <laughs> thought the power was. Yeah, so well, clearly. Yeah, well, no, I was third. I'm, I'm three, three of four. I'm three of four. So I'm in, you know, I'm in no man's land. You know, but, I, but it's, a, it's a great quote. I hope I said it. I, I, I do think Callahan's tremendous. I do. So I hope I said it. It's weird. All right, let's take a break. Uh, and when we come back, we will, and the, for the show purposes, email and jingle. Yes? Email and jingle? Yeah, that is correct. I'm well, Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. When I think back on driver's ed at Hewlett High School. This is going to be great. This is Brad Weiss. It's a wonder I'm alive today. One smile of some, my first attempt at parallel parking. He bummed a marble green from Tina Wade. Tina Wade, hit her chip. Way out in Pennsylvania. So good. I there every summer. Half of the tri state area was there. Oh, yeah. Larry Brown was my camp counselor. I think I'm out of mention that. I love to tell stories from when I had hair. So good. So good. You remember Jim Smilo, even. Uh, Brad Weiss writes, like you, I was somewhat disappointed to learn that Louise Gluck had been awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature this year. Joe Arrow had nominated my entire body of jingle lyrics for the prize, also preferring poetry that rhymes and ends up in a song, but it was not to be. I did get the following note from the committee, though. Dear sir, we find your work quite derivative. Also a little too Shecky Green with best wishes, Sweden. <laughs> it's just so good. Nigel, do you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad here? Yes, thank you very much, Mr. Tony. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Uh, go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location nearest you here in the Washington, D.C. area. They've got everything you want to fill up your belly and uh, get you feeling great about your day. So head on by. Uh, that will do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me see. Ever see a blind man cross the road trying to make it to the other side? Ever see a young girl growing old trying to make herself a bride? So what becomes of you, my love, when they have finally stripped you of the handbags and the glad rags that your granddad had to sweat so you could buy? That is a great Rod Stewart song. It's, it's great. I think it was also used uh, in one of the Ricky Gervais shows as the, yeah. as the beginning music. It's just great. Thanks to our guest today, the inimitable Luke Russert, Jeff Ma, water poloist. Fantastic. Host of the podcast, Bet the Process, and on the French horn, Chuck Todd. Thanks to our sponsors today, Simply Safe and Policy Genius. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. From Colin Conway, I am currently a student at Trinity University in San Antonio, where I believe Andy Poli went. And I'm currently taking a class on the history of American foreign relations. I'm writing a research paper for the end of the semester on the involvement and role of sports in the Cold War, particularly the Olympic boycotts. I stumbled upon your article from 1984 at the LA Olympics, a Soviet no-show doesn't mean no-show. 
uh, and was very impressed with the overlap in your article in my paper. I will be pulling multiple quotes from your work and incorporating it into mine. Perhaps you remember this article. No, perhaps not. <laughs> However, I thought you'd be delighted to know that your work will be cited in at least one academic research paper this fall. Huge fan of the show and PTI. I will keep you updated on what grade I receive on the paper or send a copy of the paper itself to you once finished if you're interested. Yes, I'd like that. And I hope you get an A. Uh, from Dennis Dobbs in Cleveland. I, too, once wrote a paper in college about a song. It was in a Native American studies course. I chose Circle by Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Never heard of them. They were briefly big in the 90s. Anyway, I attempted to draw parallels between the song's message that life is just a circle and the Native American spiritual connection with nature, which can also be viewed as circular. In reality, I just liked the song and was a lazy student. The professor agreed, apparently, as he gave it a C, and he commented, this doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> I like the course, but what college student wouldn't prefer to listen to loud music, drink beer, and watch Sports Center instead of writing a paper? You know, keep up the good work, Grandpa, and for God's sakes, keep voting. I do vote. From Kevin Kosky, a photographer and photojournalist, I hope this probably hand-delivered, and likely double-spaced and 18-point font printed email finds you well. During Wednesday's Open, you open the show with a letter from a fellow named Peter Coder, who, or Cowder, who referenced the story you told about Calvin Murphy. As the letter went on, you mentioned a few more players from the mid to late 60s. Mike Reardon, Jimmy Walker, Coach Joe Mullaney, Providence College. As I'm Staff Sergeant Raymond Shaw seeing the Queen of Diamonds, my brain started to short-circuit, and not because I'm an avid fan of old-timey Big East basketball or that I'm one of only a few who understand that the NIT tournament used to be bigger than the NCAA until money got involved. Why Want to know why I know these things? Because my father was the starting center on the 1966-1967 Providence College basketball team that Cowder played on, Tony Kosky. Originally from Worcester, not Rivera, averaged 10 points and 11 boards for that Friars team that went 21-7 and and lost to eventual NIT runner-ups Marquette, or Marquette, by one in overtime. Is this a David Aldridge moment or a connective tissue element? I will hang up and listen. Kevin in Northeast. That's tremendous. I know that name. I know the name Tony Kosky. I, I do. I know that. Just, wow. So cool. Uh, Mike Roseberry in State College, Pennsylvania. Michael nailed it. At least 20 years old, dark green, and if I recall correctly, a 13.1-mile half-marathon bumper sticker. Probably had a roof rack for his kayak as well, but I didn't notice. That's the P. And coffee P stickers. Subaru. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Adam Armstrong, the Bible department head at Cuyahoga. I hope I pronounced that correct. Valley Christian Academy. Yes, you Academy. did. Cuyahoga. Yeah, well done. Uh, dear Dr. Tony, I totally agree with your take on Subaru's snootiness effect from Monday's show. But I realize this has forced me to address a metaphysical crisis. I'm now 40 years old and my mother recently purchased a Subaru sedan for herself. Should I feel this as an admission of regret for not caring about my safety as a child and driving me around in some lousy Honda or Toyota? That's right, naming the competition just like Harry's Razors does. <laughs> or is this simply clear evidence that she unashamedly values her own safety far above mine? Any help would be welcome. What do you think, Michael? Oh, this Let's is give a... the mom some credit yeah. here. Let's give the mom some credit. Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, and he writes, I am excited to hear your attempt to pronounce this city, but I'd say just go with confidence. None of the Lake Orion or Lake Orion waffling. And I did. I went good on that. Um, from Mike in Potomac on Subarus, they run on sanctimony. Unleaded <laughs> sanctimony. That's really good. Chris Brown, not that Chris Brown in Norwood, Ohio, despite being a loyal little and 19-year PTI fan, I must adamantly disagree with you over steel not being like a potato. You obviously have never been to the steel farms of Ohio. My family has been growing steel on our farm for going on four generations. In the spring, we plant organic steel seeds imported from Sweden, where all the best steel is grown. Come summer, we spray the steel fields with cayenne pepper to protect the crop from those pesky squirrels. In the fall, we harvest the steel and sell it to D.C. area mass transit projects and Japanese automakers. At Christmas time, the whole family gathers together to watch our favorite Hallmark movie. It is about an upstate New York steel farmer who, with the help of his precocious six-year-old daughter and an overworked burnt-out Wall Street attorney. Turns out she is his childhood summer crush from the all-girls camp across the lake. Save the farm from Blossom and Rot. Along the way, they fall in love and learn the true magic of Christmas. So, Mr. Tony, when you ride along the Purple Line or see a Subaru or a Silver Honda, Silver Honda, remember to thank a steel farmer. That is great. And he says, may I be the official steel farmer of the Tony Kornheiser show? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, that's good. Uh, if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? Holy Father 
May your heavenly form wash over me I need guidance My obsession always gets the best of me And my body don't come home on time And I cut my hair so I can't hide I confront my dying wish tonight Cause I'm trying so hard to make you mine To make you be my lover So you can take me home and let me meet your mother
It's all.